Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack-sized episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility, helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey, one bite at a time. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food, the podcast. My name is Stephanie Velarkis and I'm an expert fertility dietitian and nutritionist and founder of The Dietologist. And before we get into today's episode, which is all about hair loss, I wanted to let you know that my free fertility masterclass is now available for you to watch. Inside this 60-minute masterclass, I talk you through the top four fertility diet mistakes I see my clients making and what to do instead using my practical nutrition strategies that I use with my one-on-one clients every single day. Spots do fill up quickly though, so be sure to save your seat using the link in the show notes below, and I will see you there. Now, on to today's episode. Welcome back, Kay, our team dietitian here at The Dietologist. Thank you for having me back again, Steph. I actually haven't been on the podcast for quite a while, so I'm excited to be back. And I'm sure everyone is enjoying the fantastic variety of episodes that have been coming out So today we're going to be talking about something a little bit different, but still a topic that so many women want to know about, and that is hair loss. So I'm sure if you have had a baby, you would have been oh too familiar with postpartum hair loss, but also sometimes women who have PCOS may experience hair changes, growth, but also loss sometimes, Um, and also women who are suffering from hypothalamic amenorrhea may also be experiencing some hair changes hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's as well can be another cause for hair loss. So if you do have one of those conditions, going to have a conversation with your doctor is a good place to start and getting some tests done. Yeah, this is such a super common topic that I get asked quite a lot in clinic. Um, So I think we're going to talk about it from a bit of a nutrition point of view, but I've had conversations as well. I don't know about UK, but I've had conversations about this with my hairdresser before because it is such a subjective topic when we talk about hair loss. You know, I lose hair every time I brush my hair, every time I I finger comb my hair during the day, all these strands come out. I feel like I'm like a bit of a husky constantly (laughs) shedding, but it's never anything that has alarmed me. And then I started to wonder after having so many conversations with clients whether i I had a hair loss problem because <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe, I, maybe I'm losing too much hair. But what is like normal? Yeah, it can be really confronting for a lot of people. And I know for myself, sometimes you brush your hair after coming out the shower and it's wet and you see your whole hairbrush filled with hair. And it can be really scary sometimes. So yeah, definitely something that I've also talked to my hairdresser about and a lot of my clients have asked me about. So I will first start with explaining a bit of a background to hair loss and I'm going to mostly focus on postpartum hair loss here and then Steph will talk a bit about PCOS and other things as well later on. 
So the average person loses approximately 50 to 100 hairs a day. So if you think about it, that's quite a lot of hair that you are losing. Um, and generally, these are spread throughout the day. So you may not notice it. You may notice it, like what Steph and I said, when you brush your hair and a lot of hair comes out. But usually it's not that, uh, not much of a problem. However, postpartum hair loss is quite different to this. So in the six-ish or so months after giving birth, you may notice a lot more hair loss than usual. And often this can come out in clumps. So it can be quite distressing for a lot of new moms. But the important thing to know is that you are definitely not alone. And it's actually a really common thing. So approximately 30 to 60% of new mothers will experience that postpartum hair shed. And the reason that this actually happens is hormones really. So you may have noticed your hair looking quite lush during pregnancy and this was actually your hormones changing and then those hormones drop once you give birth. So I'll explain a little bit about that now. So firstly during pregnancy we have an increase in HCG and this is the hormone that your pregnancy test would have measured when you got that very exciting news that you were pregnant. And we also have increases in other hormones, namely estrogen, progesterone, oxytocin, and prolactin, and also an increase in blood volume. I know that's not a hormone, but still important to know. And the most common reason for your lush locks during pregnancy is the increase in estrogen levels. So your hair follicles operate on a cycle of growth, rest, and fall. Each follicle follows its own pattern and therefore you'll have some shed, you know, throughout the day um, as well as new hairs growing at the same time. And that's why even though we notice hair loss all the time, we, get, we lose those 50 to 100 hairs every day, we don't really notice it making a difference to the thickness of our hair because we're growing hair every day as well. During pregnancy, however, there's an increase in the estrogen and this encourages your hair to stay in that growth phase for a longer time. So it's actually preventing the, the normal hair loss and instead leaving your hair quite thick, which is very exciting for a lot of people. But once your baby arrives, your estrogen levels will return to normal pretty quickly and that's generally within the first 24 hours. And this redu reduction in estrogen in particular can cause your hair to go back to its normal pattern of growth and loss. Now, the total volume of hair that you lose during this postpartum period is similar to the total amount that you would have lost in that nine months if you weren't pregnant. However, because it's happening all at once, it can be quite confronting. And that's why yeah, it seems like it's coming out in clumps and it seems like you're going to lose all your hair, even though don't stress you are not going to lose all your hair. Postpartum hair loss generally begins around the four-month mark because it takes time for your hair to start its growth, rest, and fall phases again. However, sometimes it can occur earlier or sometimes it can occur later as well. The good news is that sometime around that six-month mark, many women will find that the shedding begins to slow down. In some cases, the hair loss can continue for up to one year. So if that's you, don't be too worried. But that being said, if you are concerned about the amount of hair you're losing, it's always best to check in with your GP before you start running to your hairdresser and taking any supplements or anything like that. Always check in with your doctor first. So now that you have a pretty good idea as to why this is happening, um, I'm going to move on to the best part of the episode, which is talking about nutrition for hair health. 
So unfortunately, there are not many studies that suggest you can prevent postpartum hair loss because your body really is just catching up with the hair loss that was reduced during pregnancy. However, postpartum hair loss aside, we do have nutrients that your hair can benefit from. So those of you who are not experiencing postpartum hair loss, but maybe other types of hair loss can also benefit from this information. So firstly, we have protein. And your hair structures are made from a hardened protein called keratin. So therefore, it's really important to ensure you're consuming adequate amounts of healthy protein sources. Some great ones are beef, chicken, fish, tofu, legumes and lentils and pulses, tempeh, and also eggs. Then we also have vitamin A. So all cells in our body do need vitamin A for growth, and our hair is no different. Vitamin A can also help our hair skin our skin cells to produce an oily substance called sebum and this moisturizes our hair and keeps it that healthy beautiful shine. Good sources of vitamin A include carrots, sweet potatoes, spinach and pumpkin. Then we also have vitamin E. Vitamin E is an antioxidant and this prevents the body from oxidative damage. So we have free radicals and they can block the growth of your hair and also cause it to damage and age. So sources of vitamin E include avocado, sunflower seeds, almonds, and eggs, usually the foods that have those healthy fats in them. We also have zinc. Zinc is a mineral and it, in place in, it plays an important role in the growth and repair of our hair, tissues, and cells. Also, zinc can help keep those oil glands that surround our hair follicles nice and healthy. So good sources of zinc include oysters, mushrooms, beef, spinach, pumpkin seeds, and lentils and legumes. Then we also have iron. Iron, um, well, some studies suggest that low iron levels, especially after pregnancy, can lead to hair loss or increase postpartum hair loss. And our best sources of iron do include beef, lamb, kangaroo, poultry, and fish, but we can also get iron from legumes, lentils, and pulses, and also some green leafy vegetables as well. And then the last nutrient I'm going to discuss is called biotin. So biotin is a B vitamin, and it helps to promote hair growth by interacting with cell enzymes to create amino acids, and amino acids are proteins, and therefore it basically promotes healthy hair growth. And biotin can be found in eggs, legumes, almonds, and walnuts. So before I finish off, I'll also just leave you with my three top tips to keeping your hair healthy. So my first tip is really to make sure you're eating enough, especially after you give birth. Many women try and jump on the postpartum weight loss bandwagon really quickly. However, poor dietary intake um, and also lack of important nutrients has been linked to hair loss as well. And it's especially important for women who may be experiencing hypothalamic amenorrhea as well as a result of under-eating um, that they might be experiencing hair loss from. So without enough food, we can't possibly consume all of those nutrients that I just mentioned before. Um, and this one is easier said than done, but reducing your stress as much as possible. And this is because high levels of cortisol, which is our stress hormone, and hair loss are actually linked. Um, now, I said it's easier said than done, but wherever possible, keep your stress levels to a minimum. And this may require you to take some me time out. And especially in the world we're living in, um, Steph and I are recording this during our Sydney lockdown. So it might be a good idea to call a friend or read a book, even just get some fresh air, whatever it is, reducing your stress 
um, is important for hair loss and it might be worthwhile checking in with a psychologist if you need some additional support. And then my last one is just to take care of your hair as much as possible, especially if you're a new mom. It can be really hard to find time to even wash your hair or brush your hair, but as much as possible, just try to take care of it. Um, and poor hair care can lead to damage, breakage, and, and also therefore further, further fallout. Amazing. Well, I think, Kay, you have covered the kind of pregnancy, postpartum, hair loss picture really well. So I just want to talk briefly on other reasons why we could be experiencing hair loss or hair thinning um, that is kind of sits outside of that. So we talked briefly about polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, which the one of the key Clinical features is hyperandrogenism, which is an elevation in androgen levels, um, also known as testosterone, but not always the only thing that can be elevated in PCOS, so important not to overgeneralize. But that increase in androgen levels can lead to hair loss from our heads and hair growth in places where we may not necessarily want it, like our chins and jawlines or our snail trail or back or hairier arms or legs, for example. So if we want to try to tackle hair loss associated with PCOS, we actually need to look at the root of the issue, which is the androgen issue, and that's often tied in with insulin resistance as well. So a few quick tips if you're experiencing hair loss with PCOS, um, strategies like consuming spearmint tea every day and also having a listen to the insulin resistance episode that I've recorded previously with some tips on how to balance your blood glucose levels to help optimize your control of insulin resistance as well can help. Now, the other reasons why you could be experiencing hair loss include hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is typically that energy inadequacy, sometimes combined with overexercising and chronic stress levels. Now, without sufficient energy, as Kay mentioned, you just won't make hair because your body will shut down non-essential processes and hair growth is considered non-essential to our survival. Hair, once it's ruptured from the follicle, is actually dead. Um, so we can't actually change what our hair is doing once it's come out of the follicle, which is why it can take so long to see effects, particularly if you have very long strands of hair. So recovering your hypothalamic amenorrhea will often result in lots of new uh, baby <laughs> type hairs around the front of your face, um, around your hairline and so on. And that's usually a good sign that you're on the right track when it comes to your energy adequacy as well. Um, the other concern is hyperthyroidism or underactive thyroid or Hashimoto's thyroiditis. And again, that's because your thyroid hormones are involved with a number of different cellular processes across the whole body, including hair growth. Um, and when it's underactive, then we've got less hair growth. So go back and listen to the podcast episode that I did with Leah on thyroid health earlier this season uh, to learn more about how to optimize your thyroid function. Um, because again, you need to get to the, to the bottom of the problem. Now, there's obviously other situations where hair loss can occur that's got nothing to do with any of these reasons I mentioned, one of which is genetics. So if your family members have experienced hair loss at a younger age, it's kind of like getting greys younger. You know, if your mum and dad got greys at 
30, then you're probably more likely to as well. Um, it's the same kind of thing with hair loss and hair thinning. And then there's also other conditions such as alopecia. Um, and I know growing up as a, as a dancer, actually, a lot of my friends and myself actually has have I've had a little bit of tension alopecia, which is always having your hair up in a really tight um, ponytail or bun or ballet bun and things like that. And that tension around the front of your hairline can actually eventually create a hairline that's a little bit more receded. Um, so all those factors come into play. So of course, go and have a conversation with your doctor about um, any of those health conditions that may be of concern to you. But just a heads up, there's a lot of products out there promoting hair growth and, and supplements and all this kind of stuff. But if you're doing the basics right for the most part, you should be good and also give yourself enough time to see the results of the changes that you're making. You need to give it at least three to six months. Hair is slow moving. Um, so we need to give it a, a little bit of a chance before we make a judgment about whether it's working for you or not. All right. Well, that's a wrap on this episode. Was there anything else you wanted to add, Kate? No, I think I covered pregnancy and postpartum. You covered everything else really well. So yeah, we do get this question a lot from a lot of our clients and also on Instagram. So it's a really important um, topic to bring up and I'm glad we did this episode thank you again for having me on thanks for coming on and sharing all your amazing knowledge so that's a wrap on this week's episode everyone don't forget to leave a rating and review in apple Podcasts and hit subscribe or follow so that you get the episode in your ears first and share with your partner friends or family um, and don't forget to tag us on instagram if you're listening Right now, we love seeing your screenshots and a tag. All right, until next episode, everyone. Bye.